There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I don't even play football. Coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Denmark and the state of Pennsylvania and it's Pittsburgh Steelers football. It is also election day. Happy election day decision 2016 and welcome to Pittsburgh Steelers six pack of factor fiction. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me as always is my good friend Zach Parnes. Good evening Zach. Did you vote today? I didn't vote today Brian. I voted a week ago. Casted my absentee ballot there. Um, you know, I don't want to get too political here on the show, but I have to say that this is really going to be interesting because I, these are two of the most disliked candidates in history. Um, but, you know, one of them is going to win. One of them is going to be our next president, unless my vote for Gary Johnson uh, somehow is joined with 100 million other votes, uh, in which case he will be the president. But I highly doubt that. Factor fiction, the election ends tonight. I go with Fiction. I I go with facts. I, actually I think, think we're going to have will a, not have a clear winner tonight. I, I will say this fact for me, Brian. I think that there is going to be uh, a pretty evident sign, one way or another. I mean, the polls have, have said a lot so far, and it seems like an overwhelming majority uh, majority, excuse me, of this nation might elect Hillary Clinton as our president, which will be interesting. Listen, whoever takes over, Brian, I think we can agree. We're hoping the best for them because they are first and foremost Americans and they're taking over this country of ours. Yeah, I mean, regardless of it, of what happens, uh, there will be someone that will be the leader of the U.S. and I am rallying behind whoever because this is my country first and foremost. But it's also my football team first and foremost, and I'm not very happy with the state of the union with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, Zach. And before we get started, let's talk about Pittsburgh Steelers' six-pack of fact or fiction. 
It is the show where Zach and I take bold statements regarding the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We will label them as fact. We will label them as fiction. And just like the two candidates in the 2016 election, we will debate feverishly, and we are not going to agree with each other 100% of the time. You might not agree with us either, or you might agree with me and think Zach is completely off base, or vice versa. So call in at 347-850-8581. Feel free to join us tonight. The show is brought to you by Frank Walker Law. Frank is the top 100 ranked trial attorney in Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412-212-8378. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. It's Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Well, the results in Baltimore the other day were real, Zach. And they were real scary and real depressing if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I would agree most of you listening to the show are diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and you cannot be happy with what is going on. Zach, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I just want to say first and foremost, I, I think that we are going to point to a lot of different things that could have caused uh, this struggle here against the Ravens, a team that is pretty much, as I've said before on this show, one of the most average teams in football. Yet the Steelers scored no points in the first three quarters of this game, just a non-existent offense. And a team that we have been praising and touting all year as the best offense in football with the best one, two, three combo with Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell, they couldn't score a single point. Now, granted, Ravens' pass rush, very, very impressive against our offensive line, but at the same time, Ben Roethlisberger did not look like himself. 23 of 46 with a touchdown and a pick. He seemed to be a little bit slowed down. It makes you wonder if he should have been sat for this week because, Brian, he didn't bring anything to the table that someone else in the quarterback position could have brought. And honestly, I think that is what is contributing to this loss. We can beat around the bush and say a bunch of different things, about the factors that we think weren't there, about how Le'Veon carries the ball 14 times but can't even get 40 yards on those carries. Well, the defense is hitting him every single time a year, a yard or two in. This is a Ben Roethlisberger and offensive line problem in this game, and that's where I see the blame falling. Ben Roethlisberger lost this game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First and foremost, that is the number one thing. He is two and six when coming back from injury. But the problem is, Zach, he's being he's being rushed back from injury because the same problem we have been talking about since we started this show back in the in the uh, in the summer months when we talked about a viable candidate for backup quarterback. So there's the problem right now. Seventy percent. Ben Roethlisberger at 70% right now is better than a 100% Landry Jones. Still gives you a better chance to win, and that's unfortunate because if you had a backup quarterback, the caliber of a Nick Foles who was available in the offseason in Kansas City that could come in and possibly win games for you, which he's doing, then you would be fine giving Ben Roethlisberger another week to heal a good number coming in and being your QB one for a week or two to help carry the team and give you a chance to win is what the Pittsburgh Steelers need. And they do not have that. And that is one of the biggest problems with this team, which leads me to number one, Zach factor fiction has 2016 become a lost season. I am saying 
excuse me, the, let me change that. 2016 has become a last lost season, fact, fact or fiction. As fiction, Brian, we can't overreact here. This team still has that potential and that ability to be the top offense in football. Yes, some things have not been going right the last couple of games, but may I remind you that this is a team that started the season extremely electrifying and one that we were calling Super Bowl potential favorites in the AFC. Uh, You know, it was very interesting to see all of a sudden a lot of people being very upset. Brian, I want to dart back to an earlier point of yours as well about Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, he's rushing back from injury because I think this is part of this season that's making it seem hopeless. The bottom line is is this guy, he will never – ever perform on the same level that he used to when he was younger. He's 34 years old right now. When he is injured, he is not going to play like he was injured younger. It just will not happen. So we've got to give it some time, take, some, take our feet off of the gas here, Brian, because any fan who is calling this a lost season might be out of their mind. Well, I am going to agree with you. That is fiction because this is the NFL. And the Pittsburgh Steelers in the past few years have – it's been a tale of two cities. They've been a Jack one high team. And when I say, you know, there have been so many times we as Steeler Nation have looked at it after, like, two or three losses in a row and said, okay, it's done. They're done. They've just fallen apart. It's over. And we did that back in 2005 when they lost three in a row and then ended up winning the Super Bowl by going on an amazing run. Is this the kind of team that can do that in 2016? I still think there's something special about this team, but I'm, it's starting to lose its luster for me, and I'm wondering what's happening with the heart of this team. And Hart has to show up this week. This Dallas game is critical for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if they can win this game, um, for some reason they're favored, and that's only because they're at home, but if they can turn around and win this game, they can reel off maybe three or four in a row. And then next thing you know, this is just a bad bump in the road. I'm hoping this is a bad bump in the road. Team has a lot of fixing to do. There are a lot of tinkering, and there are a lot of problems because the main thing, and we talked about this yesterday on the Monday Hangover, Jeff Hartman and I, um, we talked about the fact that the overwhelming consensus was the big problem um, besides you know Ben Roethlisberger uh, coming back and not playing well was the fact that this team just sticks to the plan. Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff, they stick to whatever plan they have, and they go the whole way through. If you listen to Le'Veon Bell afterwards, he made a comment. He said, yeah, well, we've been having these problems in practice too. Well, those problems need to be fixed in practice. And it's, it's something that you're just not fixing. You need to turn around, and if it's not working in the game, change the plan. Change it on the fly. You should be able to do that in the National Football League, and that's a big part of the problem. This is not a lost season, but if they lose against Dallas, it very well could be, Zach. Yeah, I I think that the Cowboys next week is going to be a, a big-time challenge, and, and I know we're going to be talking about this a little later in the show, Brian, but I want to bring something up. I, I think this special teams is absolutely atrocious right now. Um, you know, when I am watching – uh, the way that the Baltimore Ravens can take returns out consistently plus 20 yards uh, and can consistently, you know, find ways uh, in the open field to get down there and maybe even force some big plays like in the case of Mike Wallace. 
you know, th- there has got to be a little bit of handling here from Wallace and the special, for, excuse me, from the defense and the special teams. I think in these next couple of weeks, we can't sleep on that. Okay, Zach. I just talk about being able to adjust on the fly and adapt, and that's what we are going to do. So we're going to move number six up to number two. The special teams are a disaster, and Danny Smith should be fired. Fact or fiction? Uh, You know what? Maybe it's a little harsh to say it should be fired, but there needs to be some changes. Fact that this has to happen right now because I'm telling you, the the Steelers, first off, Chris, I don't know how many times we've seen – you know, Chris Boswell take an onside kick, but he has been bad at them. They have been consistently – the Steelers have taken now three on the year, uh, and Boswell has shanked all of them. That is something that needs to get changed. When you, why take that – why even have that play in your arsenal if it's going to be that big of a joke in the National Football League? Especially with that, there needs to be a better sense of who's going to be out there on special teams. Sometimes we're seeing guys like Darius Hayward Bay on the far left side of kickoffs. I don't want a wide receiver out there looking to tackle guys. I want someone to come into that position and step up and make the hits. And the bottom line is, is that's not happening right now. Well, special teams are a disaster. Danny Smith should be fired. Look, I have smelled hobos in Central Park that did not stink as bad as the Pittsburgh Steelers special teams. They are awful. And I am sick of it. And this just keeps happening year after year. They have not run back a kick since 2007. 2007 was the last time they had a kick return for a touchdown. That is just ridiculous. But all these gaffes, I mean, Sean Davis, I'm a big Sean Davis guy. I like him. But he just ran past the guy. He didn't know what he was doing. That has a lot to do with coaching, too. I mean, when he runs past the guy and goes down the field and leaves Jordan Berry alone to just get attacked and, uh, that's the touchdown that, that uh, put the nail in the coffin. Made it 21 nothing at that point, and they lose 21-14. It's a different story if they, can't, they, if they don't get that punt block. But there were other gaps on special teams. There's a, you, you had penalties on special teams that are ridiculous, that it seems like every time this team has a decent run back, there's a yellow flag on the field. And it's not like that for other teams. I like Danny Smith Jr. He's a nice guy. He's a hometown boy coming back and coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he is not good, and he should be fired. I hate to say anybody should be fired. I don't want anybody to say I should be fired in my real job, but when you warrant it, you warrant it. This guy is not good. They need an upgrade to that position. You and I talked about this maybe about six to eight weeks ago. We were trying to guess who was going to be the first, uh, the first assistant coach to be a scapegoat and to be gone. It, it was either Danny Smith or Carnell Lake. And right now I am saying, unequivocally, Danny Smith should be fired. Fact, 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 Zach. By the way, earlier you mentioned Jordan Bear. He's been the one sort of bright spot in this whole special team. So it, it isn't all bad. There is a future seeing as, you know, the Steelers got a little unlucky drafting uh, Sepulveda as, you know, the punter for the franchise future and then him getting injured. Um, I will say that I'm confident in what Barry can do, and I'm, I'm eager to see what the future holds for him. But then again, it's punting. Oh, like- Hopefully we don't have to see him too often. He is excellent, but you, you can't just uh... – 
And that that block punt was not Jordan Berry's fault at all. Of course, you can, he cannot be blamed for that. The, uh, an assignment was missed, but these guys are not being coached right on special teams, and that's the bottom line to it. Now, you mentioned something at the beginning of this fact, so we're going to move number five up to number three, and the Chris Boswell whiff kick was not a bad call. Fact or fiction? You know, I, I'm going to have to say fiction. It was a bad call. Listen, I just cannot believe, like, whatsoever, what, what is going through the mind of the team on, on a play like this, and especially through the mind of, you know, of anybody in the special teams department, but mainly Danny Smith. I seriously don't get why there is not an attempt to take a shot the same way any other team in this league does an onside kick. You do it in a lob or you shoot at some guy's foot and you hope it bounces off him. There are two ways to handle an onside kick, and you just can't do anything that fancy on it. It's not a trick play. It's not anything, uh, you know, that needs to be, you know, talked about more than that. It's a very simple play, and when it's executed correctly, it works. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with fiction also. It was a bad call, but I'm going to defend it a little bit. And why I'm going to defend it is this. I saw video of him doing it in college. He executed it twice, even at a bowl game in college, (laughs) and it looked masterful. I mean, everybody was completely confused by it. I think if he would have kicked the ball and been able to connect on that, which in practice the entire week he has worked on this the entire week and nailed it every single time in practice. He just on the big stage, when they unveil it, you've got to be able to execute it, and he did not execute it. If it works, we're talking about him being a brilliant call right now. Um, But in that situation, and the problem I have going back, so I I don't want to be hypocritical, but going back to why these guys aren't being, and why some of the play calling is just uh, just ridiculous, you you should be able to work with these guys that the onside kick a regular way is mastered. And that's something that you shouldn't have to go and have a trick play here. I like the idea of, of the trick play if it worked. Like I said, it would have been great, but it goes back to the fact that this is just not a disciplined special team. And that's just, I mean, you should be able to go in and nail one every single time and, and have a chance for it to be perfect. And it wasn't. So in this situation, it was a bad call. With that being said, Zach, we are at the halfway point of Steelers six-pack of Factor Fiction. We are going to go take a break, and we're going to hear these words from Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view, that flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805. Or FrankWalkerLaw.com. The phrase, so you've done something stupid, has never been more appropriate because we were just talking about the whiffed onside kick by Chris Boswell against the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results, Zach. 
Zach, we're halfway through the six-pack. I need to get a little more buzz, so we need to keep this going because I am still feeling crappy from that loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And you being a Maryland native and me being a Maryland resident right now, you know how bad it is right now when you, when the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the Baltimore Ravens, especially with it being so many games in a row now that this is just – it's just unbearable. Yeah, you know, Brian, I've, I've always said that there are two things that are inherently bad for you, and that is any sort of fast food and being around a Ravens fan. They are just two things that are that are horrible for you. But I'll tell you this, I, I'm 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 kind of like mystified because I'm watching this onside kick again in front of me just because like I need to be reminded of how stupid it was, and like you know like if it does work, he gets labeled as a genius, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you know and, what? And that, in in the press conference today, Mike Tomlin said he would consider doing it again. Yeah, it would be bold, but um, I hope they don't. But let's move on to number four, shall we? No, no, let's not move on to number four. Real quick, you know what? If they can execute it and it works, where it was working in practice and it worked twice in college, I mean, it's great, but the problem is our team's going to be looking for it now. I mean, I would have loved to have seen that kick work. I mean, it's just a shame that that he just whiffed on it because I mean, he looked it looked goofy. I mean, the the poor guy's gonna have gifts like crazy with him whiffing on that kick for the rest of his life <laughs> in this age of social media. Um, but I, I feel bad for him. I like Chris Boswell. Um, and he was working on this like crazy, and it was his chance to shine. It was his chance to do something revolutionary, and it was a colossal failure, and it's just a shame. But that's the way things have been going lately. But you're right. Let's go on to number four, and it's the midpoint of the season, and we've talked about all the bad things. Let's talk about a good thing. The Artie Burns first-round selection, which a lot of people – we're not very happy with back in uh, in May, but the Artie Burns first round selection is a success. Is that fact or fiction? Uh, you know, as of right now, I'm calling it a, a fact here. I think it has been a success for him. I think that you know, when corners come in the league the first year, a lot of the expectation, unless they're in that top five, uh, you know, pick radius, is that they are going to get burnt on long balls. And Artie Burns has seen his share of getting burnt on long balls this year, but I'll tell you something. He's making some great tackles. He had a nice interception there against Baltimore and took it back for a few yards as well, uh, which is always good to see. I think that, you know, the Steelers have been saying for the longest time that secondary is their biggest problem. And this guy is so young. I mean, he's just about my age. He's 21 years old. Uh, the bottom line is, is that you give him a little bit of time, and I really see him becoming the number one option at cornerback here for this team, and I really think he's heading in the right direction. He's getting more tackles each and every game as we're moving on here, um, and he's knocking down some nice passes as well, but the best thing that I've seen him do so far has been his man coverage. He's just doing a very good job of sticking with people, uh, especially on that outside corner. You know, he was watching Mike Wallace after he scored that touchdown, um, and that was impressive as well, but I will have to say this. 
Um, I think it's a success right now, but don't get too cocky on him just yet. I want us to keep seeing more. Yeah, you do want to see more, but already he has had a better rookie season than Troy Palomalo in Pittsburgh. Um, he's actually getting a lot more action than Troy did, I know. It's a safety against uh, versus a cornerback in the situation. But it's secondary, and it's the fact that it's a number one draft pick that, uh, you know, Troy – did not have a, Troy was considered a bust his rookie year, and um, which you know I, I think the bust label is something that you need to uh, you, you can't just throw out right away. I mean a lot of people want to throw that out. They were throwing that at Artie Burns in camp, and this guy volunteered to go against Antonio Brown in practice, and I was worried that that was going to ruin this guy's confidence. But he is a very wrong-minded individual. He has a lot of, he has had to handle a lot of adversity in his life. And um, let's face it, he, he blew it against Mike Wallace. But that wasn't his fault that he went 95 yards. It was Mike Mitchell's fault that he went 95 yards. But he did blow that play. But he's the kind of guy, Zach, Artie Burns has shown me already that he's the kind of guy that will look at this and he'll probably watch the tape of that play. He's probably already watched the, watched the film of that play a million times. And uh, he's not going to want that feeling again. I could see him just getting stronger after that little bit of failure. And I like what he's done already. I mean, for a first-round pick to uh, slowly come along, that's what we expect, but he's actually been accelerated a little bit. He's going to start the rest of the year at quarterback. I I would be surprised if he didn't. He's starting to shine. He's going to have maybe a couple more picks, and then year two. That's that's when we're going to find out whether this was a blockbuster pick or not. And you know they've been picking well in the first round, very well in the first round the last ten years, and I think this kid is a success already. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's a fact that uh, Artie Burns' selection has proven me wrong already because I wasn't too high on it back in May. Another thing I was very high on, Zach, was Ladarius Green. I love the signing of Ladarius Green, and we still haven't seen him. Um, now, Ladarius Green, he suits up and plays this week against Dallas. Is that fact or fiction? I think it's fiction here, Brian. I, I don't see him, you know, actually going through the motions to, to getting back on this squad and playing a lot of downs. I, I just don't see it happening next week. I think it could be in the next three weeks. But I don't think that we're going to see Ladarius Green. And honestly, is it a big concern, though, Brian? Because Jesse James and Xavier Grimble have been doing a phenomenal job on the outside, uh, especially when running the I formation here for the Steelers. I think that we are going to see um, – you know, him come back later in the year, especially when maybe these guys start taking a little bit of more of a beating, need that yeah, extra rest. But right now, don't think it's happening against Dallas. Well, something has got to happen by November 15th. So next Tuesday, they have to make a decision on whether he plays or whether he doesn't. Um, the reason being, that's the deadline. You have 21 days after you're activated off of that uh, the pop or the IR that he was on. And uh, 
if, a, if they will decide next Tuesday whether he's done for the year or whether he goes and plays. So um, they say he's getting better every day. They uh, say he should be ready. Dallas is a perfect time for him to come in and play. And, Zach, I completely disagree with you and the fact that he's not needed. It's not the fact that tight end is a problem. It's the fact that receiving is a problem right now. You heard Antonio Brown come out and say, you know, I'm getting double and triple covered. The other guys need to step up and help me. So they need more receiving threats. What we thought was, was just a blockbuster stable of wide receivers has fallen. It has fallen very far. And Antonio Brown is the only guy. He's putting up the numbers, but he's getting crushed over there being the only guy. Now, I know he's had some gaffes. He's had, he's had some drop balls. But the fact that he needs help. He's not really getting it uh, from Sammy Coates right now. A guy that has the drop seeds and a bad hand, that's a problem. Martavis Bryant being gone, Jeff wrote a fantastic article about how his, his uh, absence right now is really killing this team right now. So if you haven't had a chance to go on BTFC and read that, that's a great piece. Um, and it's true. Martavis being gone is being felt just more right now than ever. You're not seeing too much from the slot man, um, Eli Rogers, but you don't expect a slot guy to go deep. They don't have the deep threat. Darius Hayward Bay, he's going to be hit or miss, but, you know, when it comes down to things, he's still, he's still Stonehands. So, you, you know, he's going to drop some balls too. So they need someone down the seam, someone that's going to stretch the offense and help out. Well, Darius Green is really a great receiver as, as far as a tight end goes. In fact, he's, he's not really a tight end. He's more of a receiver. Um, so they really need him right now. And it's time that he suits up. It's time that he gets in there. It's time that he earns his money. And it's time that, that he shows this team that he can be there for him. So Darius Green needs to suit up, and he will suit up. It's time, so I'm going to say fact. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly don't think it would be a bad thing. I'm just saying I think that if they want to give him that extra time, they can. Like you said, they have only have till next Tuesday, so, you know, it's not very long from now, but I just don't think it will be this week. Here's the other reason he needs to suit up, and it leads into number six. The Steelers have given up on Marcus Wheaton, fact or fiction. I, you know, I think it's fact here, Brian. Um, this is tough because I really like him. You know, I think that we we talked about him as the ample third wide receiver on this team, and I think you know a third wide receiver you got to be willing to let go of to make room for someone else who can actually fill the position. Listen, Wheaton has four catches this year. He's got one TD grab. Uh, ben, you know, isn't finding him in the best situations. He's been plagued by injuries. He didn't even play against Baltimore. Uh, you know, he's only played in, in pretty much three games this year. So I think that as of right now, uh, he needs to be put in a pile for a maybe we'll see how things go later in the year if we have some guys hurt. But as of right now, yes, that Marcus Wheaton is unfortunately a lost cause with the Steelers. Well, here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, Zach, Marcus Wheaton was a healthy scratch against Baltimore. They they picked Toby Hamilton over him in this situation. That means that they've lost confidence in him. 
I don't know if uh, maybe it's the fact that those three drops um, against Philadelphia and uh, the drop in the end zone, I don't know whether that's Curtis' confidence. I don't know what that's done, but he has not shown up all this season. And uh, I know he's had a very injury-plagued year. I also do know this, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here. If you remember last year, he didn't show up until the second half of the season. He was having a very bad season, not earning his money, and then turn around. And uh, the, the, the last eight, eight or so games, he was just magnificent. So if that Marcus Wheaton can come back, he is more than needed right now. But when Kobe Hamilton's playing over him, and they're not even looking to him, and they're not even talking about him. The fact that he is also in his contract year, his walk year, um, I don't think he's in the plans anymore, and I think that they've just written him off at this point. So I'm going to say fact also. The guy really, I mean, he's, I was comparing him to Emmanuel Sanders. In fact, I thought he was better than Emmanuel Sanders, and I thought he was uh, – I knew that he wasn't going to be, be staying – but I thought it was going to be on his own accord because he's going to get a big free agent deal elsewhere. Um, my sister was trying to ask me what jersey she should get. And she said, you know what, can you get me a Marcus Wheaton jersey? I'm like, no, I'm not going to get you a Marcus Wheaton jersey, and here's the reason why. He's not going to be here next, next year. You, you'll want to get one that's going to be around for a while. And I just don't see Marcus Wheaton being around, but I think it's now – because the Steelers aren't going to keep him around, and it's not because he's walking. And that's the problem with Marcus Wheaton. It's sort of an enigma. I don't know what's happened to him. Um, the guy has a lot of talent. I'm just perplexed by him right now, and I'm wondering what's happening in practice. And we have all these questions about practice. We've heard them from Ben Roethlisberger. Now we're hearing them about uh, problems in practice from Le'Veon Bell. Something is going on with this team. And uh, something's going on with Marcus Wheaton. I just don't know what that. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of sad, but, I mean, this is a league of mysteries sometimes. You know, there is, uh, you know, a lot that is kept secretive within those locker room doors. And, and I'm wondering if it's an out of, you know, sort of locker room sort of issue that he might be having. Um, or maybe it's something regarding, you know, I, you never want it to be this way, but maybe it's something regarding drugs or anything like that. Um, you know, I think that would be a little bit crazy as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a league of mystery for, for God's sake, Brian, the Oakland Raiders are like one of the top five teams in the league right now. Like this is, this is definitely a weird league sometimes. (laughs) I will say so. So that's the end of the six pack. We have drained that and drained it quick, but we always have our bonus question and it's the fact It's called the fact that has nothing to do with the Steelers, really, but it's still fun to debate. And this week, we are once again going to go Pittsburgh versus Dallas. This time around, Pennsylvania versus Texas. And we're going to talk about high school football. Now, I'm not going to – I was thinking about having a debate what's better, Pittsburgh high school football versus Texas high, high school football. I don't want to get into that. Um, that's something I don't want to get into. They're both very big high school football states. But let's talk about high school football movies from Pittsburgh and from Texas. And so we'll start out saying that Varsity Blues 
and Friday Night Lights based in Texas are better than any Pittsburgh high school football movie ever made. Fact or fiction? Brian, fact. How can it not be? Friday Night Lights became also one of the most popular TV series, like, ever. And it, it, you know, has been a a sort of, you know, thing down there for a very long time. And and I don't want to get into that either because I both think that, you know, there are hubs for both places, Western PA versus Dallas, you know, both huge football areas. But I will say this. I'm a big believer that the Dallas movies are a little bit better. I would like to agree with you because I like them both. But I want to go back in time. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Let's go back to 1983. Lee Thompson, Craig T. Nelson, and Tom Cruise in all the right moves. Now, you might say, really, all the right moves? If you've never heard of this movie, I challenge you, Zach, and I challenge you and the listening public to go out and rent this movie, find this movie, download this movie, do whatever you have to do to watch this movie. It is a fantastic film. Now, you know I was born and raised in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and I was actually in the crowd for the filming of this movie at age 11, and uh, so I am a little bit biased. But I've talked to people that haven't been around and love, uh, that know nothing about Johnstown. They're from different states and absolutely love this movie. It's a, uh, a story of a, uh, a depressed steel town, which was Johnstown back in the, in the time. It, is, uh, it has done very well to pick itself up by the bootstraps and really thrive now. But it was about a, uh, a very uh, talented high school football team with a very talented coach and talented player in Tom Cruise that knew he wasn't going to go pro but needed to go to college. Um, on a scholarship, and there were problems uh, in between um, with him and the coach. It's a fantastic movie. I'm telling you, All the Right Moves is one of the greatest high school football movies of all time, in my mind, so I'm going to say fiction to that. This is something we could probably debate, but go out and watch that movie for yourself. You will enjoy it. Jack, have you ever seen that film? I've never seen that film. I'm going to have to add it to the list here, and, and maybe my opinion will change. No, you don't just add it to the list, Zach. You put it on the top of the list. And then you will <laughs> thank me for it. You will text me and say, Brian, thank you. I've never seen that film. never heard of that film. Thank you. It's such a great movie. <laughs> and it's uh, unheralded, but I love it. I want to share it with you. I know I'm biased, but uh, Johnstown has done very well with sports movies. Two movies have been filmed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and two of them are just, uh, well, All Right Moves was a hit, but the second one is a classic. Actually, the first one filmed there was a classic. Can you tell me what sports film that was, Zach? Oh, my God. Um, I'm, like, trying to scan here. I don't know. I want to know no, what you're No, don't look. Don't cheat. I know you cheat. You cheated on the Donna Summer thing a couple weeks ago. I know you cheated. So how do you know I cheated? Because I just know you cheated. I'm not going to embarrass you. I know you cheated. <laughs> I talked to your mom. She said you've never listened to disco in your life. What? That is a co- – how does she know what I have listened to? Has my mother been my ears my whole life? 
<laughs> never. <laughs> and you also get you also gave it away by never hearing of the Bee Gees. You didn't know who the Bee Gees were, so that tells me that you cheated on Donna Summer. <laughs> <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> you know it's true, Zach. But anyway, don't look I have up. her. I hey, I am a Donna Summer fan. I told you those songs, man. What can I tell you? Okay, name them again right now, real quick, right now. Name them. Name them again right now. <laughs> Let me just type in my search engine here. What do I? What do I got? <laughs> you can't do it. I know okay. she writes Last Dance. That's the only one I got. <laughs> All right, the uh, one of the number one movies of all time, as far as a guy movie, it actually won this in a poll was Slapshot, and that was filmed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I was actually at the but filming that, of that. But is that a football movie? I don't know about that. No, 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 no. It's a sports movie, and I'm talking about. I've morphed into the fact that Johnstown has had two great sports movies, and. Uh, and they're two for two on sports movies. And uh, you can't deny how great Slapshot is. Well, Slapshot's a hockey movie. Yeah, of course. And there's but, not you know, one rock- player in the NHL that can't quote that movie um, from beginning to end. Very true. So, with <laughs> that being said, you know what? It's been a rough couple weeks for, for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been a rough couple weeks for us having to talk about all the problems but it's nice to have a question like that to go ahead and laugh at and have fun and challenge each other. Um, as always, Zach, it has been a very fun time at Pittsburgh Steelers Six Pack of Factor Fiction. We will be doing it next week. Hopefully, we will be celebrating Factor Fiction, Zach. We will be celebrating next week on this show. No, don't do this to me, Brian. Oh, God. Um uh, let, let yeah, let's let's be let, let's be a glass half full kind of guy, right? Yeah, we'll be celebrating. Fact. I already saw your picks for this week. You've already picked the Steelers, right? I did pick them. I'm I'm banking. I I'll tell you what I wrote in my description of how this game was going to end. I think Roethlisberger is going to put a drive together, and that's how the game's going to end. I think that there's going to be some scoring in the last five minutes that gives the Steelers the victory. But we're going to be playing down. I think the whole game. I hope we can stop so, it too. Oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. But with Hayward back and Tua thriving and a guy that's very good at stopping the run, Jarvis Jones, too, is another guy. And Shazier looked, looked like he was in the uh, in midseason form the other day. And you know what? With all the bad things we talked about, and despite the, the 95-yard gaff against uh, Mike Wallace, that defense was phenomenal the other night. The other day, I thought they were very good. So if that defense sensation Zeke Elliott, and remember, they are they are almost perfect against rookie quarterbacks. So that is something very good to think about too next week. So let's just say, say Zach, I want to hear you say it fact. Just say it. I I said fact before, Brian. I I think we will okay. be celebrating. There, that's more confident. All right, it's. It's a fact. Uh, once again, brought to you by Frank Walker Law. Real talk, real experience, real results. It's Pittsburgh Steelers six-pack of factor fiction. I am Brian Anthony Davis, and he is? I'm Zachary Parnes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope 
We will see you here next week, or li- or you will hear us here next week, rather, uh, here on the Six Pack of Factor Fiction. And once again, have a good week. Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys next week. All your needs with Behind the Steeler, the, excuse me, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. And remember, that's a fact, Jack. Good night. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.